Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Martin. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, We're going to continue with our series today in the book of James entitled Alive and Well. Uh, And the premise of, of this series is that we want your faith to be alive and well. We don't want you to possess a dead faith, a dormant faith, but we want you to have a dynamic faith no matter what life throws your way. One of the things that I often do on my way to work is I listen to sports talk radio. And about every 20 minutes, they give a traffic report. Uh, And you'll often hear something like this. Hey, avoid Interstate 75 North at such and such road because there's an accident with a fatality. And then the traffic reporter would go on and give you other conditions to the other highways. Uh, And and when I hear that, I, I often think, man, some guy left his house early this morning and he headed to work. He probably didn't even say good morning to his sleeping family, and he didn't realize that he only had minutes left on this earth. And they only mentioned him on the radio to say that his death created a traffic jam. Well, this morning, James is going to speak to us about the uncertainty that life holds. Now, obviously, with the coronavirus, that's really brought that into focus for us. Um, We don't know how long this thing's going to last. We don't know what the future holds. We're reminded that life can be frail, that we're not in control, that life is short, that it can be taken from us in an instant. Life is very uncertain. I mean, I want you to think about it. Just two or three weeks ago, we were all living our lives. We were hanging out with our friends. We were loving on our family. We were coming and going as we pleased. Now, we're at a virtual standstill. And so, James, in the passage of Scripture that we're we're going to be in this morning, is going to explain to us the complexity, the uncertainty, and the brevity that this life holds. One of the bands that I like to listen to from time to time is the band Kansas. And they're famous for the song, Dust in the Wind. And you'll hear that, you'll hear that uh, all we are is dust in the wind. Well, this morning, James is going to remind us of that fact. Indeed, all we are is dust in the wind. We're here for a little while, and then we're gone. That life is a mist. That life is a vapor here today, and gone tomorrow. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read the text, and after we read it, we'll go back through and swim around. We're going to be in James chapter 4 today, verses 13 through 15. Here's what James writes. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. 
Essentially, James is saying in this passage, life is short. It doesn't last long at all, and it can be over at any moment. Reminds me of a story I heard of a ship that was sinking in the middle of the storm, and the captain called to his crew, and he says, hey, does anyone here know how to pray? Well, one man stepped forward and said, yes, sir, I know how to pray. And the captain said, wonderful, will you pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets because we're one life jacket short? I'm going to give you about five seconds to get a rotten tomato and throw at your your screen there. Uh, That's a bad joke. I don't hear the booing and the hissing because you're not here with me. But man, this is what James is saying, that, that life can be complex. There's a lot to navigate through in this life, that it can be uncertain. There are so many uncontrolled variables that come our way, and all of us are living in one of those uncontrolled variables right now. And he's going to remind us that life is brief, that time flies, and we are swiftly gone from this earth. So let's look together this morning at the complexity, the uncertainty, and the brevity of life. James starts out by talking about the complexity of life. Look at verse 13. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. You know, there's a lot to do in life. Maybe not right now because you're in quarantine, but pre-corona and post-corona, you know what I mean. There's just a lot of things involved in life. It can be very complex. Think about all that's involved in life. There's today, there's tomorrow, there's buying, there's selling, there's making money, there's losing money, there's going here, going there. I mean, life is made up of people and places, activities and goals and days and years. And each one of us must make many crucial decisions day after day. Life can be very complex. We've got People to see, places to go, things to do. Tom Heyman, in his book, In an Average Lifetime, did a study and he showed what the average American spends his or her lifespan doing. And I just wanted to share some interesting statistics with you, just a a few of them. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but the average, average American spends three years of their lives in some type of meeting. Meetings at work, meeting with bankers, uh, meeting with family. Three years of our life are spent in meetings. The average American spends 13 years of their life either looking at a screen or watching TV. 13 years. This one's interesting to me. The average American will make 1,811 trips to McDonald's. I mean, that's a lot of Big Macs, 1,811 trips. Now, he didn't put in his book how many times the average American goes to Chick-fil-A. And I know we live here in the South, and this is God's chicken. It's probably 3,000 times a year, especially if you're like a soccer mom. The average American spends 24 years of their lives sleeping. Now, think about that. That's just a, I just mentioned a, a few things on our agenda. We haven't even talked about the time we spend at work or in the bathroom or sitting in traffic or at the ball field or at church or mowing the grass, time watching movies, 
time doing dishes, time working on our finances, time at the gym, helping the kids with homework, at the grocery store, time cooking and cleaning, walking the dog, brushing our teeth, time doing the things that we like to do like fish or hunt or golf or sew or paint or playing sports. I mean, we have a lot to do. And so the net result of that is, <coughs> excuse me, many people combat the complexity of life by planning way ahead. They want to be in control of, of how things are going to go. And so they, they plan ahead. In the text, James says, hey, you're saying I'm going to go to this town and I'm going to spend a year here and I'm going to buy and sell and trade and I'm going to make this whole profit. Uh, and, and, and you don't even know if you're going to be alive in a year from now. I definitely think James is kind of addressing those of you who might be identified as a type A person. I mean, you're a person that is a planner, all right? A type A person is a person that can be overly aggressive with their schedule. They can be super ambitious. They can be a tiny bit controlling. They can be highly competitive, right? So it's the person that has their whole year scoped out. You know what you're going to do. One of the television shows that my wife and I, Lindy, love to watch is uh, Parks and Recreation. And the, the, the lead lady, her character name is Leslie Nope. And if you know anything about Leslie Nope, she's famous for these binders that she makes. And it, and it has all these plans. She's got a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. And, and she lives in that whole planning arena. But man, life is busy. Life is complex. And so you can have it all planned out. You can have it on your Google calendar. I'm sure there are some of you watching that could tell me what you're going to do on January 4th, 2022, because you've already got it planned. And I want you to understand something this morning. There's nothing wrong with planning things out. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with trying to simplify the complexity of life as long as we know that we are on God's timetable. You see, the passage, the people in the passage that James is addressing here left no room for God. Look at verse 15 of the text. It says, instead, you ought to say, let me just stop right there. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to do this for a year, and I'm going to do this next year, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to make money here, and I'm going to be successful here. Instead of all of that, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live, and we will do this or that. In, in other words, if the Lord wants us to do these things, we'll do them. We'll drop what we're doing. We'll put our plans on hold to serve the Lord. Now, we all make plans, but we have to leave room for those plans to change centered around the will of God. And I want you to understand something. It's crazy. I went from being a preacher to a full-time food pantry operator overnight. I mean, it happened overnight. And I am not complaining. I, I love it. Um, I love the fact that when people pull up here, uh, we can bring bags of food out to them and I can see um, hope reinstated in their faces. It's bringing great encouragement to me. However, I want you to understand that was never in my plan, that, but it was in God's plan. 
Which leads to my second point, or James's second point, about life. James tells us that life is uncertain. There is an uncertainty that happens with living our lives here on earth. Look at the first part of verse 14. James says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. You make all of these plans, he says. You don't include God in these plans. And yet you don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. This statement is based on Proverbs 27.1 that says this, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. You see, these people were making plans for the whole year when they couldn't even see ahead one day. And so through this whole coronavirus pandemic, we've been soberly reminded that we don't ever know what tomorrow's going to bring. I mean, uncertainty is everywhere. Uh, When we meet as a staff meeting, we we, kind of meet day to day uh, because things are changing so quickly. I mean, there's just look around. There's uncertainty everywhere. The economy is uncertain. Job security is uncertain. Healthcare is uncertain right now. Our well-being has some uncertainty attached to it. And so one of the things I just want to take a minute and talk to you about is that this uncertainty uh, in life can lead to a, a couple of really bad outlooks on life. And I believe they're on polar opposites. One is the attitude of futility. It's taking the approach that King Solomon had who said in Ecclesiastes 12.8, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And it's, so it's kind of adopting this attitude, ah, who cares anyway? Life is meaningless. Why bother? I'm not washing my hands. I'm not going to social distance myself from anybody. I'm not staying away from crowds. I'm not going to buy into the big conspiracy that I have to do this. Why bother anyway? We're all going to get it, and half of us are going to die. You see, when we realize how uncertain life can be, it can cause us to grow cynical. It directs us to live in futility and frustration instead of walking in faith. Have you ever gone somewhere that you've never been before? Maybe it's down a a lonely road, maybe it's in the country, and and while you're driving there, it feels like it takes forever to get there because you've never been there. But then on your way back, have you ever noticed it doesn't feel as long because you've already been down that road, You, you, you know where you're going? I think it's very good to remind ourselves that God has been everywhere. He knows where he's been and he knows where he's going. And we can trust him to navigate through the complexities of life. And we can turn a futile attitude into a fertile attitude that produces fruit if we let him lead us. Uh, another attitude that develops from uncertainty, I say it's a, it's a polar opposite, is paralyzing fear. I mean, when uncertainty of life sets in, sometimes we, and we let it absolutely frees us in our tracks. And it causes, it causes us to try to insulate ourselves with safety. 
I mean, that's why everyone was out panic buying, right? And they're still doing that because we're trying to insulate ourselves from the uncertainties of life. Is life uncertain? Absolutely it is. But when we are in Christ, we have the certainty of his resurrection. We realize that we're going to be okay. We have the certainty of eternity with God. We have his promise that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. We have the certainty of living with his joy, of operating in the arena of his hope, of feeling his peace, of walking in his freedom where we don't have to have any more fear or futility. Life is uncertain, yes, but God is not uncertain. Scripture says that he is our rock, he is our shelter, he is our fortress. And though life might be uncertain now, know this. God loves you with a perfect love. He's still loving, he's still righteous, he's still just, he still has a perfect plan. And his plan has our eternal best interests at the forefront of his mind. And so though we live through uncertain times, we know that we have a steadfast, unchangeable, unmovable, mighty God. So James talks about the complexity of life, the uncertainty of life, and then he talks about the brevity of life. He's going to remind us that life is very short. James 4.14, the latter part of that verse, he asks a question. He says, what is your life? And not only does he ask the question, but then he answers the question. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. James says, life is like a mist. One of my favorite spots on planet Earth is the Coosa River. I have spent hours of my life, hours and hours, fishing this river. And I, I recall several times going out to the Coosa River before the sun came up and there was a, a, a haze, a mist on the river, and, and I'm there and the sun's starting to come up and as the temperature changes, you can watch the mist kind of roll down the river and dissipate and before you know it, it vanishes. It's, it's gone. Well, the Bible describes our life that way. That life is so short. In fact, the Bible speaks a lot about the length of human years. And every time it speaks about the length of human life, it always refers to it as something short-lived. Let me just give you a, a sampling to, to, um, to back up what James says in verse 14 when he says it's a mist. Psalm 144.4 says, man is like a breath. So imagine being outside on a cold day and you see that breath and then it's gone. His days are like a passing shadow. Shadows shift and they change. They're coming and they're going. First Chronicles 29, 15 says, For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow and there's nothing abiding. In other words, we can't abide here. We can't stay here. We're going to be gone rather quickly. Peter says in the New Testament in 1 Peter 1, 24, for all flesh is like grass and all the glory is like the flowers of the grass. The grass withers 
and the flower falls. One of the most interesting psalms to me is Psalm chapter 90. And and what's interesting, this is a psalm that was written by Moses. And in this, Moses is lamenting about this very subject, about the brevity of life. And he, like Peter did in the passage I just read you, compares life to the grass of the field that sprouts up in the morning and by evening it's faded under the hot sun. But what's interesting is what he writes in Psalm 90 verse 10. Moses says these words, the years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. So you've got 70 to 80 years, he says. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. You know, even if you live to be 103 years old, you realize how quickly life passes you by. We've seen a lot of pictures uh, on social media, I'm sure you've seen them too, uh, of people taking pictures of empty toilet paper aisles in the grocery store. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, all the toilet paper's gone. You know, if, I'm, if I think the world's about to go off the rails, I'm getting food and ammunition. I could care less about toilet paper. But for some reason, everyone is just buying up toilet paper. And so I thought this quote would be appropriate this morning. Someone said this, Life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you are to the end, the faster it goes. Now, you may not care for that analogy, but it is very true. This is one of the repeated themes in Scripture. Because to us, life seems long and we measure it in years. But in comparison to eternity, life is a mist. And so we have to make the most of every day. And I want you to hear me, including today. We live life to the fullest. As Christians, we are to live in the moment. We are to seize today. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we look at today as an obstacle, as an opportunity, not as an obstacle. And we have to live in the knowledge that our days are numbered, that God set in the portals of time a time for us to be born and a time for us to die, and we don't know when we're going to die. He does, but it's good for us to keep a track of our days, to number our days. Look what Moses says in verse 12 of Psalm 90. He says, so teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, when we number our days, it teaches us the value and the meaning of today. When we number our days, it reminds us that life goes by way too fast. And today could be the day of divine opportunity for you. To do something good for somebody that God puts in your path. An unknown writer has well captured the way life slips through our fingers with these words, this little poem. Here's what he says, quote, When I was a child, I laughed and wept. Time crept. When I was a youth, I dreamed and talked. Time walked. When I became a full-grown man... Time ran. Soon I shall be passing on. Time gone. 
Richard Neiman, in his book, Wit and Wisdom, reported that every man goes through seven stages in his life. Spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, pills, and wills. I mean, life happens so fast. And so, since life is short, I don't think we can merely afford to spend our lives on ourselves. And we certainly don't want to waste our lives. And so, if we're not spending our lives on ourselves and we're not wasting our lives, I think what we should be doing is investing our lives in things that are eternal. You know, many of you are stuck at home. I realize that. But use that as an opportunity to invest, to invest in your family, to invest in your spouse, to invest in your neighbors. I mean, you don't have to hug them or shake their hands, but you can say, hey, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do for you? We can still make this an opportunity. The older I get, the more I realize how quickly life passes by. Our youngest daughter, Hazel Ann, is six years old. I'm going to show you a baby picture of her. Uh, the reason I'm showing you this picture is because one of the things about Hazel when she was a baby is she was a nuzzler. She loved, uh, loved to snuggle. Not so much anymore, but then man, she just loved to snuggle. And so I remember one time having Hazel Ann. She was five, six months old. And she had kind of, I was sitting on the couch and she had kind of fallen asleep on my chest. And so her head was against my chest. She was tucked under my chin. You know, I could smell her head, smell that baby smell. Man, I miss that baby smell. I don't miss it enough to have another baby, but I mean, I, I really miss that smell. But I remember one time she was sleeping and she was nuzzled under my chin and, and I had this thought. And the thought was, Kevin, man, you're going to blink and she will be tucked under your chin, against your chest on her wedding day as you do the father-daughter dance. That's how quickly it's going to come. I mean, you know it comes so fast. And so we have to enjoy the moment. We have to breathe it in. These are troubling times. They remind us of the complexity of life. They remind us of the uncertainty of life. And for some, they will remind us of the brevity of life. However, we have to remind ourselves God is in control. And I want you to know that this is not an ending. God is calling us to a new beginning. And sometimes uncertainty is a gift. I know that sounds crazy, but God is beginning to stretch our church and reminding me specifically that we aren't here to serve ourselves. We're here to serve our community. And just for a minute, I mean, through these uncertain times already, your generosity through our food donation has enabled us to become a fully functioning food pantry overnight. I wish you could see hope reinstated on people's faces when I'm passing out the food that you brought to give to them. Through this whole deal, we're able to also provide diapers and baby food to single moms who are in the waitress industry, in the food service industry, who have already been laid off, or, or families who've been laid off and they're scraping all their money together, together to put food on the table. And diapers and baby food and formulas expensive, and, and so we're, help, we're able to help alleviate that. 
We've been able to help in some local nursing homes. We've engaged our dream team who are making deliveries to our elderly and our compromised people at Elevate, but also delivering food to community members who don't have transportation to come and get it. I mean, it is just amazing. And I think what James is saying to us is, hey, even though times are uncertain, you serve a certain God, and you can still make a difference. James is saying, yeah, life is complicated, it's uncertain, it's short, but make the most out of every opportunity you can. Because I want you to understand something, Elevate Christian Church. We need to be salt and light now more than ever. I shared a a, a teeny tiny devotional Thursday at 7 o'clock on our Facebook Live session, and Uh, I I was in Matthew chapter 5, and that's the passage where Jesus says, hey, you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Let it shine uh, before men. And 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 one point that I brought out is that uh, these are dark times. These are very, very dark times. But what we need to remind ourselves is, is that light always shines better the darker it is. Right, So I have LED lights overhead in my office. If I would go in my office and light a candle with those lights on, you'd see the candle, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't illuminate very much. But I turn those lights off and, and black out the sun so it can't, can't come in and it's total pitch dark and I light that candle. Man, it is going to radiate. And so during these dark times, now more than ever, we as a church have the opportunity to show the love of Jesus Christ, and to shine brighter. Life is complex. Life is uncertain. Life is brief. But if we're in Jesus Christ, life is full. So this technically ends my sermon portion of the Scripture. But I want to leave you with, with a scripture that I've kind of been camped out in a lot lately, the last couple of weeks. I, I want to leave this scripture w- with you because I miss you. I absolutely hate preaching to this camera. I miss seeing your faces. I miss shaking your hands. I'm a hugger, so the, the, this COVID-19 virus is, is the worst because you can't hug anybody. I miss hugging you. I miss loving on you. But I know that this is going to pass. Lindy and I are already planning our welcome home party when we can be together again as a body. But I'm going to leave this verse of scripture with you because it's brought me a lot of hope. John, the beloved apostle, writes it in 3 John, verse 14. He says this, I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. We miss you and and we love you and we cannot wait to be together again someday. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.